Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the Exodus 421 episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to help you understand how to interact with a person who holds the man-made traditional views of what we covered in the What the Flock episode. I'm Jonathan Fries here with Joel Swakowski. Hey, Joel, can you remind us of the verse of this episode? Yes, I can. Exodus 421. And the Lord said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put into your hand, but I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Yeah. I thought this was a, an amazing episode, especially when you start to break things down very simply, you know, that this idea of if you were to brush up against someone accidentally on the street, right? And they would hit you, you know, they push you. Mm -hmm. They push you and they're like, what the flock is wrong with you? Right. You know, like you would go, wow, that person has a hard heart. Yeah. (laughs) So if, yeah, if you were to, if you were to interact in response to that, like, so to me, that just clears everything up. And the, the simple answer of so much of this, it just everything goes back to God being right and just. Yeah. If you're looking to answer these questions, start with God is right and just. Now go forward. Yeah. Because whatever whatever is happening right and just wise, right and just is something that is moral. So if yeah. God how God interacted then w- with what is right and just is the same morality speaking of what is right and just now. So if if someone believed that it was God's fault that this happened, then there's a lot of contradictions. Yeah, there is. That that come up. What are you, what are your initial thoughts? Yeah, I'm right with you. I mean, at my first run at this when I first was starting to study the Bible, you know what I, I was more I was more concerned with what did it look like for God to harden Pharaoh's heart? Like how did he like reach his hand into the chest of Pharaoh? And right. I was more concerned about that and what that meant than I was the reason it was hardened in the first place. Mm. But nice. it's not like God reached his hand into Pharaoh's chest and like turned his heart to stone. It was God recognizing the thought process Pharaoh already had and what his, the state of, that his heart was already in. And now to back to the brushing up against there, that, that story, like I'm a man, when I picture that story, I picture like being on a, like a city bus and I brush into somebody, right? If Pharaoh's the guy who responds by hitting me, God hardening Pharaoh's heart just looks like him knowing, well, if I keep putting these things in front of Pharaoh, putting these conflicts in front of him, putting these situations in front of him on purpose, I know how he's going to respond. And I'm essentially hardening his heart because it was already hard. Exactly. That's the key thing to remember. The reason God was able to harden Pharaoh's heart is because Pharaoh showed his hand. God knew what it was going to take to get the Israelites out once Pharaoh made his first big mistake. You know, he said early on, I'm going to, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. He won't let the people go. Mm -hmm. But once it happens, 
Once that first misstep happens, then God's able to get real specific with the way this is going to look. All right, now that we've proven and confirmed that Pharaoh's heart's hard, I can put this plague in front of him, this plague in front of him, and then progressively all the way up to the darkness and the death of the firstborn, eventually he will let the people go. Well, we know the story. Eventually he comes and chases down the Israelites. Right. Why? Because his heart didn't change. His heart was still hard. Right. So. Yeah. And that's where it's like saying, what was Pharaoh a good guy before this whole thing began? (laughs) It's like God made him bad. Like the people that say God made his heart hard. You're right. They are saying that, aren't they? They're they're saying that he was good before this whole interaction began. That's not the case. I mean, it's said that, that, that this Pharaoh forgot about Joseph. Yeah. And I don't know if it, I don't know if it was the same Pharaoh that was ordering all of the newborns to get killed or if there were different Pharaohs, but we know that the last, like the Pharaohs forgot about Joseph. They forgot yeah. about how he helped them and the Pharaohs coming after that, whether it's one or two Pharaohs, they were not, they were not good dudes. No, they they went back to re, reverting back to that king mentality we see yep. all too often. That yep. unfortunately, you know, two chapters after we heard about the Philistines recognizing it was Pharaoh and Egypt's fault, the Israelites themselves are asking for a king. It's like, what is wrong? Like, did you not? Essentially, that would be another way that God. And uh, Samuel could have went about warning the people of Israel. It's like, don't you remember what it was like when you were in Egypt? Uh, like, that's essentially what you're asking for again. Yep. Totally. But it is. It's like, yeah. So I love that. You're right. I love that perspective of like, wait a minute. When I say God's hardening Pharaoh's heart and making him make these bad decisions. God made him bad. Yeah. The, the implication there is that Pharaoh wouldn't have made these bad decisions beforehand it's like no he was already in a bad spot it's basically the same argument with judas jesus picked judas he did Mm -hmm. he knew this guy would betray him Mm -hmm. god and jesus didn't make him do it it wasn't out of his volition to betray him it's the same thing they were able to do with pharaoh i can see his heart i can see his thought process based on the decisions he's making So I know if I pick this guy, eventually he's going to betray me. The same as if I put these things in front of Pharaoh, I know eventually this is going to ramp up to the point where we're going to be able to supernaturally leave Egypt to the point where we won't have to be watching our backs. Because that's really what God's trying to do here is, yeah, we could just like, I could help you leave and we could start running but the army's going to track you down mm-hmm. and they're going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Let's leave in a fashion where we aren't constantly looking over our shoulders, wondering if Pharaoh's going to come and kill us. Love that. Let's leave in a fashion where they're all gone. Your enemies are wiped out. It's like, man. Yeah. And wow. Wouldn't that be really helpful going into all of these other places? 
<laughs> if you're fighting, if you're if you're getting ready to fight a war with all of these nations, wouldn't that be a great thought to go? You know, remember that first nation? Yeah. Remember what happened when we just followed God completely? Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, but the reputation of the Israelites. A lot of oh. the other, a lot of the other nations. Then, you know, even Rahab when they go to Jericho, she's heard of these people. She's heard of the God of Israel terrified right and that puts fear in the enemies mm. oh man i'll be honest we are screwed currently <laughs> and i say that because we have all of it too yeah so it's like to be worried about our enemies or to be concerned that God doesn't have our back or to be worried that he's not going to be just and right in terms of how he handles the situation. It's like, all this just gets flipped back on us. And it's yeah. like, well, now you have the Holy spirit within you, pal. Oh, oh ouch. Yeah. It's as, as we continually progress in history, we have less and less of an excuse. Don't we? We do. Well, now that I've sufficiently been convicted, let's just end this episode. No, there's more. Um, can you give us an overview of the damage done with the episode's verse, Joel? Yes, we saw that uh, the either side of the argument, the, the sides that aren't the ultimate answer and that distract from the ultimate answer, is that one side doesn't understand how God brings about his will, and the other side doesn't understand the importance of realizing which side of justice you're on, which we saw with Pharaoh. And wow, we said, otherwise life is going to be frustrating. Mm -hmm. I think what we just went through is in a, you, you could, you could say you want to read a story from the Bible where Pharaoh's really, really frustrated for a long time. <laughs> like, <man. laughs> like all of Pharaoh's plans just keep getting put on hold. And he just, he keeps thinking he's making the right move. And He's entitled to equaling out justice and it just keeps getting thrown right back in his face because he doesn't have the right standard for recognizing what side of justice he's on. Man. And you wonder at this point, even if you gave it to him, he wouldn't have heard you anyways. Oh, not at all. No, no. he wasn't it, receiving truth. No, but that's the way it started. Yeah. It started with that. It started right. with a request Hey man, could you consider that you're wrong about the way that you're handling this? No, that's where it started. No, you asking me that is unfair. Right. I'm going to make work harder for you because you just asked me that. Yeah. That's how are... entitled the exactly. king mentality. That's exactly. how entitled Pharaoh felt. Exactly. What else do you need to know to prove that this guy was not a good guy? No, no. That was his first move. How dare you even ask me <laughs> yeah. how dare you make a request in fact i'm going to judge this entire people based upon this request and then punish all of them it's like that is a bad person yeah do we do we forget too that he's the king over a nation that has enslaved the jewish people that's the exactly. guy <laughs> exactly like, wait a minute wait he's already on the wrong side of justice yeah he's and got then a we start, massive like, amount yeah. of slaves building yeah the f stuff for him stuff for him 
right? You're a, for his, you're you know, not for, a good person for his attempt at efforting his way into becoming immortal. Right. Exactly. Because, and then he's offended that he's they're God. worshiping another God. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what I, <laughs> it's, oh, not man. Good, it's not a good dude. Listen, but look at, I'm, we're getting so jacked over this. I'm having so much fun talking <laughs> about this. It's because we have the right doctrine behind this. We have the right interpretation of these verses. It's just, everything's making so much sense. The more we talk about it, when you have the right doctrine, the more sense it makes, not the less. We try talking about these verses when you don't have the right doctrine, or you have a debate with somebody who is sometimes seems to be just as stubborn as Pharaoh. Yeah. And these conversations are frustrating. It, is, it becomes fun and energizing. I feel like, again, the more we understand God's doctrine and read his word with that doctrine, I have these moments where I feel this energy. And what I feel like is happening is I am experiencing mental and emotional repair within my brain. Right. And like, it is, yeah. I feel healed. It's and, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I'm, I'm like, so excited to talk. I mean, the thing is too, is that I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about these people that we are having interactions with, you know, not great interactions with going, Oh my gosh, this is, this reminds me of Pharaoh. Yeah. This reminds me of every single interaction I have with this person. They just keep getting worse. And I'm just trying to help and I'm trying and it's, they're getting worse and I'm stepping in and not to not enable and they're just getting worse. And I think part of the energy comes in because we feel like we're living the Bible. I feel like we're living the Bible and I feel like if this is a, if this is a repeating story, you know, like we, we go through these journeys and humanity and all of that like a story just sometimes keeps looping right to go wait a minute if that's the case if i am dealing with a pharaoh right now then that must mean that the deliverance is coming yeah that must mean that there's a victory that is right around the corner yeah, and the Israelites unfortunately got in the way of this a little bit. Luckily, I mean, luckily for the the Israelites, Pharaoh kept beating them on being unjust. But Moses and Aaron are a great example of how to handle this. So we know forgiveness is stating your will that you won't take out justice on your own, even if you're given the opportunity. What do we see Moses and Aaron do every time? Pharaoh equals out justice against the Israelites. They just go back to God and get the next step from him, mm-hmm. nice. which is proving that they are not taking out justice on their own. They're allowing God to handle it. Mm. Every step along the way, they take another backward instead of trying to convince Pharaoh to let them No, please just let us go. Or do you realize how you know, screwed up your, you know, you're treating us. They just go back to God. Nice. And then God handles it. So Moses and Aaron were heroes of this story. And unfortunately the Israelites didn't really see it at the time either. No. 
and there's plenty of times even you know throughout the wandering of the wilderness where Moses and Aaron especially Moses was treated unfairly by the Israelites but just like we can do with Pharaoh and and we can diagnose his behavior based on what thought processes he, he's in we can do the same with the Israelites and we can empathize and like I feel bad for them I wish they had understood justice as well as Moses and Aaron did then they wouldn't have been so quick to to judge Moses and Aaron but I I get it I mean they're in a really crappy situation and life is getting harder it feels like in the short term Moses and Aaron are hurting them like would you like stop stop ruffling the pharaoh's feathers right but it's like nah, the long term game here this is all going to be for the benefit of Israel totally and they were hmm. They were partying on the other side of the Red Sea, at least for a while. True. All right. So I'd like to know how to handle a person who is continuing to hold on to this man-made belief about this verse. So how how would you handle a person like that, Joel? Well, let's take a look, Jonathan. It depends on what they believe about this verse or really any. There were you know multiple verses throughout this story from Exodus 4 through Exodus 10 where God hardened Pharaoh's heart. So any one of those, it depends what they believe about those hardening of heart verses. Here's some popular options. I'm going to go through five different options. And what I like to do is start with the options that Apostle Tater and Pastor Rich gave us. So here's number one. You know, Jonathan, God is sovereign. He can do what he wants to make his will happen, including hardening Pharaoh's heart against his will. You know, it's real easy here is to just go at the word sovereign and ask, what does sovereignty mean? Love that. Now, if you want to make it a little bit more personal and more unconscious of an of a con- unconscious confrontation, you could ask, well, I guess this means you don't ever get upset when things go wrong in your life, right? Because if God is in complete control, then all these things that are happening to you are from God and you would be praising him instead of Mm -hmm. complaining or getting upset. But you could ask this, I guess you don't ever get upset, huh? Hmm. Oh, you do? Yep. And you're getting upset at God? Yeah. Uh -uh. Then you know what happens there? Jonathan, you're twisting my words. Right. Okay. Well, help me understand you then. (laughs) then, I feel feel twisted. I don't understand. Yeah. Right. Number two, here's the uh, pastor rich. Pharaoh was an unbeliever, and this was Old Testament times. God is love and wouldn't take his anger out on any of his kids. I My first question is, well, how do you explain God sending Jesus to be killed? I mean, yes, Jesus laid his life down, but this is a plan that Jesus and the Father came up, right? And it was pleased. It pleased God to bruise him. Mm-hmm. And then also a good one, when people talk about God as love or just use the word love at all, especially when you get the idea or the vibe that what they mean by it is the is they're treating love as this positive emotion, you just ask the person what their definition of love is. And that can help you understand them more. Number three. Now, again, I just want to let you all know, with some of these what I did is went to some very popular 
commentaries on the Bible and got answers of interpretation right from commentaries. So here's one that says, sometimes it says that God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Sometimes it said that Pharaoh hardened his own heart. Sometimes it simply says that Pharaoh's heart was hardened without saying who did it. And we really can't know who did. It was, it was all of them and none of them at the same time. I don't know. Hmm. So basically what's going on here is a person saying there's all these competing perspectives. So really we're just not supposed, it doesn't really matter is what you're saying. So my question to that is, well, do you ever teach the word of God? If it doesn't matter, then what's the point of teaching it? If we can't know these things, then why teach it? And what that does, that question is just like, like we do with the five steps of interpretation, it slowly brings these people through exposing contradictions in their beliefs. And that's what these questions do as well. And if there's not a contradiction, they're excellent. They should be quick to explain themselves to us. You know, I was having a conversation with my son recently. I was asking some questions to a relative of ours that were really uncomfortable. And Jack was asking me some questions about why I was asking these questions, especially with the level of discomfort behind them. And I said to him, you know, Jack, if the person I was asking these questions to wasn't being unfair, they wouldn't be hard questions to answer. Mm -mm. And he immediately was like, oh, you're right. They're really simple questions if you're doing the right thing. Nice. Number four. This one is actually from Augustine. God does not harden men by putting evil into them, but by not giving them mercy. Are you thinking what I am? Huh? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's an example of something that pe- a strategy people will have. Very poetic. But what in the world does this mean? How does this help me? I don't know what you mean, Augustine. And you could literally, so there's some key words. God does not harden men by putting evil into them. So what does evil mean? But by not giving them mercy, what does mercy mean? So again, you want to take these key words in in a statement a person is making. And the first move to always make is what do you mean by that key word? Hmm. And if they don't want to define it, then it could be as simply as saying, well, are you do you not want to be understood? Like, or if they're like, come on, you know the word, you know the definition. It's like, no, I know what I believe that definition is. I don't know what you believe it is. But now let's break this down. So I think what Augustine is trying to say is this may mean that God will not prevent you from the consequences of your sin. He doesn't cause you to sin. And God's just to allow the consequences to happen. So that would be, I won't give you mercy if you do evil. Great. This is, but, but I don't, but my other question though, is how does this help explain Pharaoh's heart being hardened? Mm. This is another move these people like to use. And I don't know what, I don't know what Augustine's intentions were behind this. This was just one of the commentaries I found explaining the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. But I don't understand, like, how does this help me understand what God and Pharaoh were going through? I don't know. 
and it's a lot of a lot of people will use this strategy of trying to distract you from the main point so that they don't have to answer these types of questions. But what I love more more than about the specific thing Augustine said or what it meant was the strategy people like to use of saying, we call them platitudes or these really poetic or generalized explanations that really don't mean anything, but sound amazing. Sure. A lot of times those things are used as a distraction. And here's another one I got from a commentary. It said, Pharaoh's nature was simply not impressed and that then his heart is said to have hardened itself. So here's the explanation, which we like this, right? This explanation is basically, I found a commentary that said, Pharaoh hardened his own heart. It's like, great. But it does say at times that God hardened his heart. So I still need to know how that's possible. Mm -hmm. That's the conflict here. Just ignoring the parts that it says God hardened his heart doesn't help me understand the big picture of what's going on because back to step back to the third example i gave yeah there are times where it says god hardened his heart there's times it says pharaoh hardened his heart there's times it just said pharaoh's heart was hard if we have the right interpretation all three of those things make sense where step five or this fifth example is essentially a person trying to well, let's ignore those other two because I don't know how to explain those other two examples. And let's just say, you know what? It was Pharaoh's fault, which you know what? We agree with. I agree it was Pharaoh's fault. But that doesn't help me understand how God was able to harden his heart as well. But we know it was because Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's heart was already hard and God was able to predict based on what Pharaoh's response was what Pharaoh's continued ramping up responses would be as God continued to put things in front of him. So basically I'd ask this person, how can God harden Pharaoh's heart? Because it does say he did. Right. And we'd see from there, we could hopefully have a good discussion. Yeah. And hopefully they'd be open to the ultimate answer. So can yeah. you remind us once more of that? Yeah. Real simple. God hardened Pharaoh's heart in response to justice. So it wasn't, it, it, it's all in response to justice. It, it didn't take a good man and make his heart hard. It, it wasn't a soft heart that he made hard. It was a hard, there was prideful causes in him that yeah. with every interaction, it became more harder. Hard. Yeah, harder. <laughs> hardened it yeah not you know i From will soft to hard right it wasn't that no it was a it was hardened yep it was a process to become more hard right which would which really makes a lot of verses come to life about us choosing to harden our hearts in the new testament and having a soft heart yeah and, you know, making sure, or, you know, David asking for God to, to give him a clean heart and a pure heart and a soft heart. Or the making, verse is saying, yeah, may, um, break up your fallow ground. These, exactly. It is our responsibility. Our, our heart. 
Exactly. Our heart, our, our responsibility. And God can respond to us through justice, depending on the condition of our heart to, to eventually will from happening. Exactly. And eventually I think, you know, for if our hearts are made of stone, so hopefully eventually they break and we go, wow, I suck. You know, Pharaoh going, I lost everything, including my firstborn son. Yep. And, you know, like to, to turn from that, to turn from that path. You know, it's still, this is also a really, really good story. We talked in the God's Will series, the last five episodes of season five, that everybody's really in one way or another facilitating God's will. God's right. will happens through people who have spiritual value. So God moves in response to justice. He needs spiritual value to move. He's getting that from people who give it to him willingly. And he's also getting that from people who are unjust and disobedient to him. Pharaoh's a great example of the latter. And he essentially sets up Moses to say, okay, I have this plan to get the people out of Egypt. I'm going to make it happen because Pharaoh's going to make some really bad decisions that's going to give me the value to make it happen. So God's will happens through spiritual value. In this situation, through the spiritual value accumulated at Pharaoh's expense because of Pharaoh's unjust behavior and decisions. Awesome. Yeah, so to close this up, I want to read Exodus 4.21 according to what we've learned today, according to God's language. So Exodus 4.21, and the Lord said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do all these wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in your hand, but I will harden his heart in response to justice so that he will not let the people go. Simple and powerful. How's that? Awesome. Well, thanks, Joel. Thank you. To, and thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know. We'll see you next time.